Hello, and welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where the Word of God is experienced in a fresh new way. Prepare yourself to hear God's Word talk with simplicity and understanding. And now, here's your host, Cliff Goldberg. What's going on, fam? What's going on? Welcome once again to the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. I am your host, Cliff Gober, and as we always do, let's start this thing off with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this time of coming together. We thank you for this Word that can change our lives permanently from the inside out. We thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. We thank you for revelation that allows us to understand your word. We thank you for your push, your holy push that moves us to apply your word, the desire to apply your word. And God, we thank you that every time we apply your word consistently, we get results. And so we thank you, God, for this word We thank you for the revelation that is on the way. We thank you for uh, uh, all you continue to do in our lives individually and through our lives into the lives of the people around us. We thank you, God, for for people of integrity and character that that we can look to and whose examples and models that we can follow. And I declare even now, God, for those who don't have those types of models, that you will begin to provide those models, that you will help your people be intersected and come into contact with people that will help them move along and be better than than, than where they are right now, to move them to higher stations, to move them to greater understanding, to move them to uh, be healed from their brokenness. We come to you, God, but we know you use people to help us to grow and change and, and move and, 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 and be happy and, and enjoy life. And so we thank you for all you continue to do. We declare right now in the name of Jesus that no weapon formed against this time shall prosper. We declare in the name of Jesus that the full will of God shall be accomplished during this time. I declare in the name of Jesus that the only words that will come out of my mouth will be the words that your people need to hear. And I declare in the name of Jesus that every ear is open to hear and every heart is open to receive, not just the word, but the word behind the word. We honor you, God. We praise you. We thank you and we bless you. We declare these things to be so in Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed said, Amen, amen, amen. Y'all know I got a hot one today, right? I got a hot one today. Oh, man. It's, it's, ooh, 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 ooh. it's a good one. It's a good one. It's actually, uh, at the, on the last podcast, I uh, intimidated that, intimated that I was going to be doing a three-part series, and that wasn't the subject I was going to do the three-part series on. If you listen to the last podcast, you know I covered everything I wanted to cover in that one podcast. But today now, I am starting a series of three parts. And the series is entitled Life Storms. Life Storms, right? And there are three different examples of storms in the Bible that I want to use to illustrate these three different types of life storms that can hit us, okay? Uh, Storm number one, which we're going to cover today, is our storms that can be avoided, storms that can be avoided. That's what we're going to talk about today. In our next podcast, we're going to talk about life storm number two, storms that can be overcome, right? And then the third uh, uh, section is going to be storms that must be endured, 
So we've got storms that can be avoided, storms that can be overcome, and storms that must be endured. All right. So that's what we're rolling with over the next three uh, shows. Um, I know it's going to bless your life. I got great stuff that God has given me, and we got some scriptures we're going to go through. Uh, I think all three of these storms most of us are familiar with, um, but I don't know if we've seen it in this context before. And so we're going to look at life storms. You know, that phrase, the storms of life, you know, it's one of those metaphors that you hear in church all the time, and ministers use it, and songwriters use it, the storms of life, right? And, um, you know, when you when you go into a natural storm and, uh, you know, I live in Southern California right now. So storms out here just mean it's raining outside, you know, but I'm from the Midwest and, and I've been in rainstorms and I've been in snowstorms and blizzards. And and um, uh, many of you may have experienced tornadoes and down south, you know, near the Gulf of Mexico and in Florida, on the East Coast, they have hurricanes, right? That's some serious storms, right? Life-threatening storms. And what we're talking about where life is concerned, we're talking about life-threatening storms of life, right? Uh, uh, Job had a storm, and we're not going to cover this one, but Job had a storm of life, right? Uh, uh, he was doing a thing. Somebody came to him and said, you know, all your children have died. And, and as that, the Bible says, as that one person was giving him bad news, somebody else came and gave him more bad news. And as that one person was talking and giving him bad news, another person came and gave him bad news. And it was all storms. What do you do with a storm? Well, that's what we're here for, because every storm is not the same. We've got these three categories. That's the three categories that God gave me. There may be more categories. I don't know. All I'm going to do is give you what he gave me, because that's what I always do. Okay, I, 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 he gives me something. I study it, and then I give it to you. That's the gig, right? <laughs> All right. So, so not every storm is the same. Right. A blizzard is different from a rainstorm, which is different from a hurricane, which is different from a tornado. But they're all storms. Right. So your life storm might be different from somebody else's life storm, might be different from somebody else's life storm and how they manifest, what they look like and what caused them can be very different things. What causes a hurricane is very different from what causes a tornado. And what causes a tornado is very different from what causes a blizzard. But they are all different types of storms, and they're things that you can do as a solution to each storm. All right? So that's some pretty good. That's some, I mean, I'm fired up. I, I just listened to some ministers who were talking and having conversation, and, and they were so encouraging and lifting me up. And I'm fired up, man. I'm, I'm ready to go. Let's, 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 let's do this thing. All right? <laughs> all right. Now, when most people think about storms in the Bible, the first person they think of is Jonah. And, and that's where we're going for today's uh, show. The life storm number one is the storm that can be avoided. All right. Now, many of you, if you've grown up in church or even if you haven't grown up in church, many people know about Jonah being eaten by the great fish. Okay, some of you, if you know your Bible pretty well, right, you may know why he ended up being swallowed by a great fish, right? 
Um, but we're going to really, really kind of dig into this thing a little bit. And, and as I'm speaking, I'm sure that God is going to show you how this type of thing applies to your own life, right? And whatever necessary changes you need to make to avoid these. Because not every storm has to be dealt with. Some storms can be avoided by our actions. And we're talking about life storms, right? So let's get into this. I said we we're going to get into this five minutes ago. So let's really get into this now, right? <laughs> All right, we're going to go to Jonah chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 3. Now, again, today's uh, message is about storms that can be avoided, life storms that can be avoided. And we're going to use this storm that Jonah experienced as a metaphor for life storms. All right, we're going to use his real storm as a metaphor for our life storms. All right, so Jonah chapter 1. And we're going to break it up. We're going to start with verses 1 through 3 and get into this now. So Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Verse 1 says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, it's interesting because the presence of the Lord is everywhere. One of the words that we use for God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. So we already know the boy got a problem because he feels that he's going to run away from the presence of God. Now, there may be a theological uh, scholarly reason that they use presence of God, and, and I don't know. But I just know God is everywhere. We're going to go with the cliff level of education, understanding <laughs> of the presence of God is everywhere. So we know Jonah's feeling some kind of way if he believes that he can do something to escape the presence of God. Right? Now, uh, the message translation for verse 3, um, it says, you know, to go with Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. The message translation says he's trying to go as far away from God as he could get. <laughs> now, David, maybe, well, David, I don't think, they, well, David had written this song, but he says, you know, if I go to the mountains, you're there. If I'm down in the lower parts of the earth, you're there. There's no way I can, nowhere I can go where you're not there. Jonah didn't get that message. He didn't get that text. Um, it wasn't on his Twitter feed. He missed it. <laughs> so the word of the Lord came to Jonah, and he said, go to Nineveh, preach to the city. Jonah says, I'm not going to Nineveh. I'm going to Tarshish. Now, there's an interesting thing about the comparisons of Nineveh and Tarshish. And I got a little commentary. I want to share this with you. Because it's not just God told me to go here. I'm not doing that. I'm going over here. It's, it's deeper than that. So let's check this out. Uh, this commentary says, The Lord calls Jonah to Nineveh, but instead he runs full speed to Tarshish, a great and wealthy city on the coast of Spain. It is about as far to the west as most Israelites have ever ventured, while Nineveh is about as, about as far to the east as most Israelites have ever gone. 
Nineveh is a great city and the fiercest enemy of Jonah's people. So Jonah is afraid and wants to be completely away from this calling and from anyone who may be inclined to go on this ill-fated adventure. So here's the thing. The people of Nineveh were enemies to the people of God. Watch this. God, now this is a whole nother lesson, but I'm going to just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to dip my toe in this and then we'll move on. But God is asking him to go and preach to his enemies. And Jonah says, not only am I not going to go preach to my enemies, I'm going to go in the other direction to make sure that I don't run into anybody <laughs> that God can use as a confirmation that I'm supposed to go preach to my enemies. Right? Not only am I not going to go preach to those people, I'm going to go as far away from my, as far away as I can from those people and I'm going to get away from people who could tell me that I need to go back to those people. I'm getting out of here. Right? And 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 most people say that those cities are in the opposite directions of one another. And I think that was implied in the commentary, right? So, if I'm in Let's just say I'm in Chicago and God says, I want you to go to Pittsburgh and preach to those people in Pittsburgh. And I say, I'm not going to Pittsburgh. Not only am I not going to Pittsburgh, I'm going to Kansas City in the opposite direction. There's a song about that. You like to hear it? Here it go. Right? Not only am I not going to Pittsburgh, which is east of where I am, I'm going to Kansas City, which is in the opposite direction, and I'm going to try to get as far away from Pittsburgh as I can. Now, traditionally, people talk, use Jonah as a reference for people running from their calling. Right? I heard it all my life growing up. Right? People don't want to be preachers. People, don't want to be people didn't want to get into the ministry, and so they ran from God. Right. And and I got a dear friend of mine, one of my dearest, dearest sisters, and uh, we were having a conversation about my calling and she had a misunderstanding about why I was not doing certain things. And she said, OK, Jonah. And I'm like, no, I'm not running. I'm not running. This is just not what God wants me to do. And there's a difference. Right. But but a lot of times people will use that 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 phraseology, you know, or use that example of Jonah to say somebody's running from their calling. Right. Because this is now. Now, Jonah was not running from his calling because he was a preacher, but he was running from his assignment. Right now. Help me say this the right way, Lord. When we run from an assignment. When we run from an assignment. This is the beginning of the storm. This storm, the storm that can be avoided, the storm that can be avoided comes when we run from our assignment. What is your assignment? What is the thing that God has assigned you to do that you don't want to do for whatever reason? Now, again, Jonah didn't want to carry out his assignment because those people were his enemies. Now, if he had been called to preach to a village somewhere in Israel, he'd have ran right through, knocked it out the box. But because these people he didn't like... Because they were an enemy to his people, he said, I'm not going. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Matter of fact, not only am I not doing it, I'm going to go in the opposite direction. All right? Now, this storm may not apply to you. 
but it's something to glean from so you can understand storms can come in our lives when we avoid or run away from our godly assignments. So when the assignment comes, the assignment might make you angry, the assignment might make you frustrated, the assignment might make you complain to God, but in all of that, what you want to do is get yourself in a position where you can say to God, I hear you, Lord, I don't want to do it, so you're going to have to help me do this. Because you don't want to run away from your assignment and create a life storm in your own life. Jonah created his own storm. Jonah created his own storm by avoiding his assignment. And because he avoided his assignment, he walked into a storm. So let's let's continue the story. Let's see what happened. Let's see what happened. We're going to read verses 4 and 5. So 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 we let's go back to verse 3. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. All right. Verse 4. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. See, this ain't, it's not just raining, and it's not just windy, and it's not just waves. This thing was so violent and intense that the ship was supposed about to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, these are the people on the ship, and every man cried out to his God, and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea. To lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had lain down, and was fast asleep. This is an example of full blown out uh, uh, rebellion. This rebellion was so full and complete, he had no guilty conscience about what he was doing. He went down to the bottom of the ship and went to sleep in a storm that he caused. Mmm. Mmm. Now, here's the interesting thing. We'll call it the Jonah storm. The Jonah storm will affect the people around you, sometimes more than it affects you. The Jonah storm, that, 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 that rebellious, I'm not going to do it and I'm going to do this. See, every action that we have brings uh, consequences. Some consequences are good, some consequences are bad, right? So we take an action, they're gonna be, they're gonna be, there's gonna be a, a, a consequence. I, I don't wanna use consequence because that word implies something negative, but it's not always negative, right? If I get eight hours of sleep, I'm gonna wake up, the consequence of that is I'm gonna wake up tomorrow rested, right? If I stay up all night, I'm gonna get up tomorrow and I'm gonna be tired. That's the consequence of each action. Stay up all night, watch TV, wake up tired. Go to bed, get a good night's sleep, wake up rested. Right? So whatever action we take now, if I have, if I, <laughs> let's just say I operate heavy machinery. Okay? If I operate heavy machinery as my job and I don't get a good night's sleep, I'm going to go to work tired operating heavy machinery and there are people who are going to be affected by my decision to not get a good night's sleep negatively if i get a good night's sleep 
and I wake up the next day rested and I go to job to the job and operate that heavy machinery, the people are going to be blessed by the decision that I made because I'm rested and I'm going to be able to do my job well. So there'll be a positive consequence on one hand, a negative consequence on the other hand. This is not just about you. And this is one of the things that really jumped out to me as I was studying this. This was not just about Jonah. Because as soon as he got on that boat, he had an impact on everybody on that ship. Whether he wanted to have an impact or not. Right? And when we start talking about assignments, when we start talking about godly assignments, when we operate in our godly assignment, it's going to have a positive impact on the people that God has led us to. When we run away from our godly assignment, the people that God wanted us to go to don't get impacted. And then these other people get impacted negatively. He wasn't there to minister to, to people on a boat. He was there to, he was supposed to go to Nineveh and minister to those people. But he, instead of, instead of dealing with his, oh God, that's so good. Instead of, instead of impacting his assignment people, he ended up impacting boat people. And the boat people didn't even want to have anything to do with this storm. They didn't do anything. They didn't do anything, but got connected to somebody who had been run, who was running away from their assignment. Their lives collided and a storm showed up. And right in the middle of that, your boy's downstairs fast asleep. Right? All right, let's jump down to verse seven. <laughs> and somebody would say, boy, that Jonah show was arrogant and rebellious. Hey, hey, hey. If you look back over your life, <laughs> there might be a little Jonah in you. <laughs> I know it is in, it was in me, all right, until I really understood the importance of not only the assignment, but the importance and the value that I had in the lives of other people. All right, so let's look at verse 7. It says, And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots. And the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, please tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? They didn't even know this dude. They had no idea who he was. Bought a ticket, so he wasn't a stowaway. But they had no idea who he was. So since the lot fell on you, God will, you know, I don't know if I should say it this way, but in this situation, God even used something called luck and chance to point the finger at Jonah. I'll say that because I, I, I don't want to make a general statement, but I know God will use whatever he needs to use to get our attention. I know that I, he'll use whatever and whomever he will use to get our attention. Uh, uh, I got a story, but I'm not going to share it right now, but it's, it, he got my attention. <laughs> He definitely got my attention. This is a long time ago, so stop tripping. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm sending these podcasts to my mother now, so I can't tell all my business like I usually do. <laughs> all right. So they said, tell us, who for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? 
What is your country and of what people are you? Verse 9. So he said to them, this is Jonah talking. He says, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So somewhere in the story, he told them what had happened and why he was on the boat. Verse 11, then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. So it's not like stuff calmed down and they were able to talk. This, everything is still going crazy. They cast in lots and the, and the boat's almost ready to break. Waves crashing onto water everywhere. Boat being tossed to and fro. I'm sure some folks was throwing up because they were getting seasick. It's a mess, man. Listen, 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 fam. When we don't carry out a, our assignment and we negatively impact other people, we create a mess in other folks' lives. There was no reason for those men to endure to have to deal with that storm. All because one person ran away from their assignment and went someplace they were not supposed to be. So verse 12, and he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. And I wrote this down as a side note. Jonah's disobedience had a negative impact on those around him. People he never thought about when he made his decision. And see, that decision of rebellion is so self-centered and so emotion-driven, we don't think about the impact that it's going to have on other people. He didn't think about the people in Nineveh. Well, he did, because if you read further, we'll, we'll see that. Uh, you can see that. But he definitely didn't think about the guys on the boat. He didn't think about the guys on the boat. What, what, hmm, I wonder what will happen if I disobey God and get on this boat. I wonder what will happen to them. He didn't think about that because he was so caught up in, I'm not going to do this because those people are my enemies. That's the context. And, and we all have reasons for not wanting to carry out our assignments. I'm not, listen, I'm not immune to this. I'm not immune to this. We all have reasons where we don't want to do what God is asking us to do. But those reasons, we uh, we got to get out of our own way. We got to get out of our own way. We can't be in the center of the circle. I heard a minister talk about self-centered means I'm in the center of the circle. And everything is about me. I don't want to go preach to those people. I don't want to go to Nineveh. I, 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 I. I'm going to go to Tarshish. I'm going to get up and go, blah, 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 blah. There's a parable that Jesus used where a farmer got a great increase in his crops. And he says, I'm going to build bigger barns and I'm going to eat and drink and be merry. And I'm going to enjoy the fruits of my labor. And, and the angel came to him that day and said, uh, your time is up. Right. I believe in Isaiah, the spirit of I, I've heard ministers call it, is the spirit of Satan. I will exalt myself above the throne of God. I will be like the most high God. Right. It's all about me. And when we get locked into it's all about me, the consequences, what happens to other people, we don't care. We don't care. I've, I've definitely been so angry about a situation that somebody did to me or some situation, I didn't care that people were listening. I didn't care that my, my, my voice was going up. I didn't care. 
I didn't care. I didn't think about, you know, what they could do to me if I if I if I went off the way I wanted to go off. I didn't care. That's not right. They're not doing me right. They're not treating us right. I don't care. They're going to hear from me. Okay, well, fortunately, I had wise people around me that grabbed me by the arm and said, Cliff, I get it. I understand. You can't do this, right? And it would have been nice if Jonah would have had somebody go, dude, you can't go to Tarshish, man. If God said go to Nineveh, you got to go to Nineveh. This is why we got to have good godly people and wise counsel around us on a regular basis. I see some of you nodding your heads now. Yep, you're agreeing with me, right? Because you know you got that dude or you got that lady that if it wasn't for them, boy, your life would be a mess, a hot smoking mess, right? If you didn't have somebody when you called them that they gave you a word of wisdom or calmed you down or talked you off the roof because you're about to go off, Right? If you didn't have those people, it'd be a whole nother story for you. And God would have to bring you through and give you a whole different kind of testimony. <laughs> Jonah didn't have that. At least based on what we read, Jonah didn't have that. So he went off on his own. Storm came. He sleep in the boat. They draw lots. Lot falls on him. He tells his story. And they say, what are we supposed to do? And at least Jonah was humble enough to say, this is on me, guys. This is my fault, right? A lot of people would be placing blame. Well, I, you know, I'm about to, no, he, he, he understood what was going on. And he went ahead and fessed up. Hey, this is my fault. This is what y'all got to do. Throw me over to overboard and the storm will stop, right? Now that's, that's as, as crazy as that sounds, and this is just kind of, I'm kind of getting this revelation now. As crazy as that sounds, because it's like, throw me overboard and the storm will cease. He didn't want to lose his life. So somewhere in all of this, he had to have a great confidence that God would rescue him. Now, it's not said here in the text. It's not implied. But I know Jonah didn't want to take his life. Jonah didn't want to drown. Right? So somewhere in there, and this is just Cliff speculating, somewhere in there he had to believe that God would pre preserve his life on some kind, some kind of way. But now he's thinking about these guys after the storm has started. Now, it's great that he's thinking about them, but man, he's put them in a crazy predicament right now. Right? And, and, and this, this is why we want to avoid these types of storms. We want to avoid the Jonah storms because we have such a negative impact on other people. We, we, uh, they, uh, I don't even know how to say it other than we can't do that. We, we've got to be cognizant of other people around us. It's not just about you. That's it, Lord. Thank you. I'll say it again. It's not just about you. I know you're frustrated. I know you might be scared to carry out the assignment, but it's not just about you. I know you want to go off in rebellion because maybe you're suffering from some church hurt and maybe you want to start speaking out against churches and all, but it's not just about you. You might be right, but it's not just about you. I see that, Lord. You're gonna, if you do what you want to do here, you're going to do more harm than good. Now, that's not for everybody, but that's for somebody that hears me. If you go and do this, you're going to do more harm than good. 
listen to me. If you go off and do this, you're going to do more harm than good. Don't do this. You might be right. Don't do this. Get off to yourself, you and the Lord. Let him talk to you. Let him calm you down and let him give you instructions on what to do. But what you're planning to do right now, do not do this. You're going to do more harm than good. Now, for some of you, many of you probably, you're hearing this right now as you're listening to this has nothing to do with you. But there's a day coming that you need to hear my voice. And I pray that the Holy Spirit brings this back to your remembrance. It might be a year from now. It might be three weeks from now. It might be 10 years from now. Hear me. Do not do this because you're going to do more harm than good. All right. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) All right. All right. So, what's the solution to the Jonah storm? What's the solution? How do we avoid the Jonah storm? Now, the obvious answer is obedience, right? But I want to make it even clearer. The way we can avoid the Jonah storm is to simply obey God's instructions. But here's the key. Knowing that he has a good plan for our lives. It's easier to obey God's instructions, especially stuff that he asks us to do that doesn't seem to make sense or it really really violates our whatever. Right? Like in Jonah's case, go preach to your enemy. I don't want to do that. Right? So 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 we wanna we want to ensure or we want to be reminded that whatever God is asking us to do, there's a good plan behind it. There's good behind it. There's not evil behind it. He's not trying to set us up. I I I I heard a man of God talking about wisdom the other day. It was a great, awesome sermon on wisdom. And he said, you know, uh, the scripture talks about in Acts where Paul says that he got an unction to go to Macedonia. And, um, you know, there was a promise that God made him when he went to Macedonia. So he goes to Macedonia with great expectation. This is my interpretation. He goes to Macedonia with great expectations. He gets there. And while he's preaching, a woman who has a gift to interpret things, began speaking while he's speaking. And, and her, her gift has been perverted by a demonic spirit. The gift was a godly gift, but it was perverted by a, a demonic spirit that, was, uh, uh, that she was possessed by. So Paul cast out the demonic spirit. Now, now, there were men making money off of this woman, Right? And when Paul cast out the demonic spirit, they could no longer make money off of her gift. So they beat Paul and Silas and put them in prison. Uh, Paul and Silas, Paul and Barnabas. Uh, I forget who he was with. But he put them in prison. So so here's Paul getting an unction to go to Macedonia. Oh man, great things going to happen for us in Macedonia. It's going to be awesome in Macedonia. It's great. Right? And I believe they're in Philippi. And he and he does a he does a godly thing. He casts a demon out of a woman. He gets beat down and put in jail. Now that doesn't sound like that's for my good. But while he's in jail, right? Yeah, it was Paul and Silas. Because the scripture, I think, is Acts either 13 or 16. He says, and, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. Some of y'all know the story, right? 
and a, and an earthquake hit, the prison doors were opened, right? Everyone's bands were loosed, right? And and the 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 guy who was running the prison, because of what happened, he figured everybody left. So he figured he was in trouble. He was getting ready to kill himself. And Paul screams out, no, 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 we're all here. It's all good. The head of the prisoner comes and says, what must I do to be saved? Paul gives him the plan of salvation. The whole thing breaks out and the Philippian church was born. I believe it's Philippi. The Philipp yeah, the Philippian church was born out of that situation. And the Philippian church was the church that gave to Paul so much that God, that Paul said, because of you giving to me, right, God's going to make sure that you're taken care of. So the assignment always ultimately has good attached to it. Now, I want to read this in Jeremiah 29, 11. And then I want to dig into a couple other things and we'll call it a day. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Now I'm going to read my commentary again behind this scripture. The way we can avoid the Jonah storm is to simply obey God's instructions, knowing he has a good plan for our lives. The voice translation for that scripture, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the eternal plans for peace, not evil to give you a future and a hope. Never forget that. I love that. Never forget that. Never forget I got a good plan for you. Never forget I have a peaceful plan for you, not an evil plan for you. I have a plan to give you a future and a hope. I think one translation says to give you the future that you hope for. So, so, so we want to be obedient to the assignment. And let me go even deeper. Be obedient to the call. There are people waiting for you to get in place. Again, I say, I say, I say, I say, as my man Foghorn Leghorn used to say, I say, I say, I say, I say, I say, it's not about you. It's not about just you. God has a plan for people and he wants to use you to work the plan for the people. The plan can't be executed without you. Now, can he use somebody else? Sure he can. But then you don't get the benefit of being a, a, a conduit to be used by God. Right? It's not about you. I was starting a Bible study some years ago. And uh, I was actually, I talked to two sisters in the Lord about it. I was nervous. Nobody knew me. I was relatively new to my church. And, and, um, but I, I, but I got the unction uh, through the Holy Spirit and natural com confirmation to start a, a men's Bible study in my church. And I, man, I was nervous. And I was nervous because I didn't think anybody would come because nobody knew me. I didn't have a title. I, I wasn't popular at church. Not a whole lot of people knew me. Um, and I'm gonna start this Bible study. I'm not good at marketing and advertising myself, right? So I tried to do a little, you know, stuff to to let people know. But man, I was I was, I mean, to the point of tears. And both sisters that I was that I was talking to about this, both of them said the exact same thing. Cliff, it's not about you. It's not about you. And when I heard that twice from two people who had not communicated with one another, 
I'm like, all right, let me let me go ahead and do this. And yeah, there were there were there were days I had a Bible study, and nobody showed up. There were days I had a Bible study, two or three cats showed up. But but doing that Bible study led to one another assignment, which led to another assignment, which led to another assignment, right? And and I would find myself from time to time teaching Bible studies to a couple hundred people. Okay, not all the time, but every now and then. I had an eight and a half year Bible study class on Sunday mornings for young adults. It led to, it led to, it led to. It literally led to me doing this podcast right now, right? So so there is always good in the assignment, and the assignment is not just about you, all right? And now let's look at Isaiah chapter 1, just to, just to put another nail in that coffin. Isaiah chapter 1 Verses 19 and 20. God's not asking us to do anything without any return on his investment. Right? So Isaiah 1, 19 and 20 says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So there's a choice. I just heard the man of God was talking about the matrix, right? You take the red pill or the blue pill. Right? Red pill. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Blue pill. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. One translation says, the sword of your enemies. So imagine, boy, this is good. I don't I just just imagine. This is this is the <laughs> this is the book of Cliff. So God wants to use Jonah to preach to his enemies. Jonah doesn't want to preach to his enemies. Well, guess what? If Jonah doesn't preach to his enemies because they're his enemies, he may end up being killed by the very people God told him to go preach to. Wow. Wow. Now, most of us know the end of the story. He was swallowed up by a fish. He was in the fish three days and three nights. He repented and prayed this amazing prayer. You can read it. The fish spit him out, put him on dry land, and God gives him the exact same assignment and he goes and preaches to the people, right? And the people get blessed and they repent. So now God has turned the enemies of Israel because one man carried out his assignment. Now, as I was studying this, you got into, well, why didn't Jonah want to go? Well, we know he didn't want to go because it was his enemies. But there's a deeper thing going on here. And we're going to look at Jonah chapter 10, I'm sorry, Jonah chapter 3, verse 10, and then we're going to look at chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. It's just three verses in a row, going from chapter 3 to chapter 4. And, and there's a point I want to make here, right? Again, we know he didn't want to go because they were, they were his enemies, but there's a deeper thing going on here. So let's look at this. Jonah chapter 3, verse 10 says, Then God saw their works. So, so Jonah in chapter two, Jonah has gone, he's preached and uh, on chapter three, he's gone, he's preached. And this is the result of the ministry that Jonah did, right? This is the, this is after Jonah's sermon, right? This is after the benediction and the offering. <laughs> All right. Verse 10, then God saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them and he did not do it but it dis so 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 Jonah preaches to these cats and they repent the sermon was successful 
The people got blessed. Everybody in the city got saved. Just making a general statement, right? They turned from their wicked ways and God didn't destroy the city. Everybody should be shouting, right? Uh, 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 Jonah should be cutting a, cutting a step right about now, right? But look at what happened. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. What? Chapter 4, verse 2. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Wait a minute. Why is Jonah mad? Because he... <laughs> Watch this. I'm going to read verse 2 out of the voice translation. It'll be real cool and clear. He says, Isn't this what I said would happen when I was still in my own country? This is exactly the reason I ran away to Tarshish in the first place. I know how you are. I know that you are not like other gods, that you are full of grace and compassion, that it takes a lot to make you angry, and that your loyal love is so great that you are always ready to relent from inflicting misery. Now that sounds like a good thing. But Jonah is saying it in anger. Wait a minute. What's wrong with Jonah? Here's the thing. Jonah didn't want the people of Nineveh to change. He wanted them to stay the way they were. And I wrote this statement. A lack of compassion creates hard hearts. A lack of compassion creates hard hearts. Jonah had a hard heart towards the people of Nineveh because they were his enemies. I don't want to preach to them and I want them to burn and go to hell. And I know if I go preach to them, God, you are a merciful God and you're going to make everything all right for them. I don't want it to be all right for them. They're my enemies. And, and this commentary said, Jonah has time to think of how greatly the Assyrians are oppressing Israel and he can't reconcile their deliverance. Why are you going to deliver them? Look at what they did to us. Come on, let's make it personal. Look at what they did to me. And you're going to tell me to go preach to them and then you're going to save them? And now they're in the family of God? I don't want them in the family of God. I don't want them to, I don't want you to turn their hearts. I don't want them to repent. See, that's why I ain't want to go preach to them in the first place. This is an arrogant dude, man. <laughs> and he has great confidence in his gift. Right? And he has great confidence in the compassion of God. And he has so much confidence in the compassion of God, he didn't want it to be put on the, the, the people of Nineveh. So he's mad at God for being God. <laughs> he's mad at God for being merciful. He's mad at God for having compassion because uh, Jonah had lost his compassion for the people. And when you get a heart, when you lose your compassion and get a hard heart, now the will of God, now you want to run from the will of God. Mm -mm, I ain't doing that for them people. Mm -mm, I'm not going there. Mm-mm. They did such as, they, they talked about me. They got me fired. They, they made me lose my business. They broke up my marriage. I'm not preaching to them. I'm not going to go show love to them. I'm not going to take them a gift. 
I'm not gonna help them out. It's good. I'm glad they. I'm glad they're in bad shape right now. And I'm not gonna do no Lord. I'm not gonna bless them. That's the heart. Hard heart. Lack of compassion. We can't do that, fam. Listen, listen, listen. I know it's hard to be godly to people who spit on you, metaphorically. To 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 be good. But Jesus talks about this in the Sermon on the Mount. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. How did he put it? Uh, You've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy. And this is the test that Jonah, you know, he passed the test because he carried out his assignment. Boy, he was mad. We don't want to be that. And I've talked about this in previous podcasts. We want to have softer hearts towards people. Even the people that dog us out. Even the people that disagree with us. Even the people that get us fired. Even the people that break up our marriage. Even the people that cause our children to go astray. We can't have a hard heart. And we may have to go to God nine hours straight to get our hearts right. But we, we can't do it, man. We can't do it. We can't do it. I had an example here in Mark chapter 6, but I'm not going to go there. Um, Mark chapter 6, verses 30 and 34, Jesus demonstrates a heart of compassion when he was tired, right? But he saw the people and they had, he had so much compassion for the people, he put his tiredness away and began to teach and minister to them, right? We can't lose our compassion. We can't lose our compassion. We cannot have hard hearts towards people. This is one of the things, and I got to be careful about this because I got to have my compassion in place. <laughs> but this is one of the things that troubles me about some people who, who declare themselves to be Christians. They have such hard hearts and no compassion towards people. We can't lose our compassion, fam. That's the thing that we can use, that God can use to use us in the lives of those people. I think I've told this story before, and I think we'll end with this. There was a restaurant that was being persecuted because of their beliefs, a large restaurant chain. And um, uh, one of the restaurant chains, there were people protesting outside of the restaurant. And some of the uh, people who worked at the restaurant came out and gave the protesters lunch and free meals and lemonade and all of that stuff. God bless you, and and went back inside. They fed their enemies lunch. Who does that? People of compassion do that. See, that'll turn a thing better than any any argument that we can win, better than any debate that we can win. We can turn the hearts of people by being compassionate towards them and carry out the assignment that God has called us to carry out. And I always use we and us because I'm in this thing with you guys. This, this, is, this is powerful stuff. But if I was talking to one of my, my big brother today. If we can grasp this, whether we know Greek or Hebrew, whether we know all the Bible front to back, whether we have all kind of revelation. If we can grasp love and compassion towards people, and if we can master that, man, we can turn this world around. We can turn this world around. We can change people. We can have an impact in the lives of people. I'll tell this one last story, then I'm going to (laughs) go. I feel like I got y'all sitting around in the room with me. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't listen to great sermons before I come on with these things. (laughs) But I'll tell you this story. 
uh, man of God was telling a story. He went into a bakery one morning to buy a cake for his daughter. And it's early in the morning and there are two people in the store working and they were talking to one another. And the man of God said, excuse me, excuse me. And one lady looked at him all nasty. Can't you see we talking? Right? And he was ready to, you know, kind of clap back at her because she was being disrespectful and you're not doing your job. So he took a step back, literally took a step back, calmed himself down. God said, bless her with a financial blessing. So he comes back and he says, excuse me, miss. Um, God told me to give you this. And he gave her some money. The lady looked at the money, started crying. And she said, you know, I'm so sorry. I spoke the way I spoke to you. I'm having some problems and I had some bills and I had to pay and I didn't know how I was going to pay them. And this is exactly the amount of money I need to pay my bills. And he said, she said, who are you? <laughs> right? Turn the heart of the woman by being compassionate. Now, he was mad. I'm trying to come in here and spend my money and you're not doing your job and you're nasty to me. Now, most of us either would have gone off on her or walked out the store and went to another store. But God reminded him through the way he calmed him down, he, he let him know, no, I need you to do this. I need you to go to Nineveh and preach to that woman behind the counter. You understand what I'm saying, right? Because she had become his enemy. I need you to go and bless her. And when he blessed her, it changed her whole life because now she could pay her bill. Now her heart broke down. And now whatever he says to her, she's going to receive it because of the kindness that he's shown towards her because he carried out the assignment. He went to Nineveh and he preached. And it impacted that young lady's life. And it impacted her life so much, I heard the story and now I'm telling you and it's impacting your life. Now, had he not done that, I would not have a story to tell. Understand? It's not just about you. Okay? All right. That's all I got for you today, fam. Thank you so much for listening. I know I came on a little strong today. <laughs> but we got to get this, man. We got to get this. We got to get this. We got to get this. And if you have it, continue to pray to God to ask you to get it the more. All right. Next time we come, we're going to look at the next type of life storm. It is the storm that can be overcome. All right. We're going to check that out on the next episode of the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. God bless you guys. I'll see you next time. Peace. We hope you enjoy today's podcast and that what you heard will start you on a journey of change and transformation. If you'd like to communicate with Cliff with a question or a comment, you can do so via email at clifftalk 63 at gmail.com. That's clifftalks, the number 63, at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next time on The Word Experience.